everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-hosts, Jimmy Marion and Darian Smith. And guys, we are here to recap UAB's games, UAB's wins at Alabama A&M and at home against D2 Montevallo. But before we get started on recapping both of those games, this game recap episode and all game recap episodes this season are brought to you by Cahaba Brewing. And this week, you know, I've, I've really been loving the Blonde, which of course is their most uh, popular beer and one of their core beers uh, at Cahaba. And also in the taproom, they have a special edition of the Blonde, their Holiday Blonde. So it, it is a taproom exclusive. So if you have not already, go down to the Cahaba Brewing Company's taproom and check out many of their fine beer selections as well as cocktail menu so so much they offer at Cahaba but we want to thank you Cahaba again for sponsoring the Blazer Victory podcast and all game recap episodes of the pod but guys UAB was able to get it done both games uh get a two-game winning streak and get rid of that three-game skid that UAB was on UAB defeats Alabama A&M 93 to 82 in Huntsville and then Sunday defeating D2 Montevallo 92 to 56. And guys, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. <laughs> you really can't take a whole lot out of both of these games because let's be frank, these were two games that UAB was supposed to win and win handily. Um but Jimmy, where where do you want to start um when you just look at both of these games? I want to start with uh Eric Gaines. I want to talk a little bit about EG because credit needs to be given to EG as it relates to his um, facilitating of the offense this past week. So if I'm looking at the box score right um, versus Alabama A&M, Eric Gaines was credited with eight assists and he had 10 assists against Montevallo. Math's not great, uh, but that's 18 assists in two games. So I think I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, I like to see uh, EG play in that fashion to get his other teammates involved. Uh, against Alabama A&M, he did hit um, two much-needed threes um, as well to help out. But really, at this point, um, you know, it's just a nice, bright spot to see um, both EG facilitating offensively and uh, when he does for his shooters around him to make shots. That's been a problem for the UAB offense this season. Uh, but it was good to see some of those shots go in and uh, EG to get some confidence um, facilitating the ball. And Darian, I'll throw it to you. What were you uh, able to take out of these two games? Yeah, I'm glad that that Jimmy started there with EG because that's one thing I was looking at. Um, and I thought to myself, I think EG has been struggling to find um, uh, identity for himself at times. And I thought that game was a perfect model for him. And I thought about young prime Russell Westbrook, right? Um, young prime Westbrook was not, um, uh, a shot three point shot maker or nothing like that, but he used his athleticism and he used his explosiveness to get to the rim. And he was a hell of a passer. He would dish it off. And, um, I think that's something that EG can do. He has the athleticism. He has the, although it's inconsistent, he does have the knack. He has the passing chops. Um, he can use his, he can get downhill and he can spray the ball out. He can, um, he can get the ball inside. He can make good passes. He can do that. I think that's a, 
a prime model for his game. And I think that's how he should go. I don't I don't like the score first kind of mentality that sometimes um, that he can get into. I think that's the that's the good thing with games like that. You can find out who you are. You can find out your basketball identity or refine it. And um, I, I, I just think that's what he can do. Just prime Russell Westbrook, use your athleticism, mix it with your IQ, take open shots, take good shots, you know. Um, and I think I think that's the starting point for him. Yeah, great discussion, guys, on EG. And I, I agree um, with both of you. Um, I, I do want to bring up, you know, how about Yax's performance again? You know, especially in the A&M game, 16 points, uh, four of six from the field, uh, 15 rebounds. I mean, really, in three blocks, too. He He's really carrying the team when you really sense at times that, hey, J.D.'s kind of moving slow or Eric Gaines, you know, um, it's, it's having some slow moments, but but it was great to see EG finally get it together, like Darian just mentioned. But I, I appreciate Yaks, and I know he only had, what, 10 points, I think, in Montevallo. Let me check. Yeah, he had 10 points. Uh, but, but again, Yaks really seems to be getting better on the court and finding himself. And, guys, let's face it, you know, when we, <laughs> when we were tied up at halftime at Alabama A&M, you're thinking, like, oh, my gosh. What in the world is going on? You know, here we go. Are we are we really about to struggle against Alabama A&M, one of the worst teams in the country? But credit to the team finding it, finding defense in the second half, only giving up. I know we gave up 45 in the first half. Well, still, uh, well, 37 points. Yes. Yeah, so kind of getting better defensively speaking, at, at least in the second half. Um, and, and that's something we definitely need to see going forward. You know, I know we've got really two really big non-conference opponents in the next couple weeks. That if you give up 80 plus, especially to Drake Friday, you're 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 probably going to find yourself in the L column. Um, but but guys, what do do you think that they are slowly getting it together defensively? I mean, yeah, you can't take much out of the Montevallo game, but only give up 56 points. Um, but you know, I was at the game able to see the first half in person, and they looked a little better defensively. But, I mean, like I just said, you can't take a whole lot out of that, at that game. But the second half in particular to the A&M, uh, I thought they looked a lot better. Hey, I want to just, before we jump away from the Yaks discussion, um, I'm glad you brought him up too because, you know, when you look at Ken Palm, he's now essentially the second most significant contributor outside of gains like on this team, you know, through – the games we've held thus far. Um, and he's really came on. He, he's the player. I know he's had a few games in which he likely would have wanted to perform better than he did statistically. But I would argue that, again, I think back to that exhibition game where I saw Yaks for the first time in UAB uniform and where he is today. And he's been by far, in my opinion, the one that has pro- progressed the most. And uh, even just you, you mentioned some of them, John. Um, just looking at the Alabama A&M and when you add in that Arkansas State game, he had back-to-back games in which he totaled roughly 33 points, 25 rebounds, nine assists, eight blocks, and five steals. I mean, that's unreal. So he was he was on a heater, and uh, he's showing glimpses of what this coaching staff thought they were going to get. Um, you know, uh, just his ability to rebound the ball, 
you know, at the rate that he does. And now he started to really take the ball down the court to get the, you know, to try to help get those transition opportunities. So he's really impacting the game in a lot of ways. And I'm excited to see what he's able to do uh, against an opponent like Drake and uh, throughout conference play. Um, but I just wanted to kind of shout out that as it relates to the defensive side of it. Um, yes, there was moments against Montevallo where um, I, I would say it was better. Alabama A&M came out and AK talked about it post game. I don't think they were hitting but three or four threes a game and hit 11. Um, so they just kind of got in the heater themselves. But um, I would say the biggest thing defensively I noticed specifically in the Montevallo game was just effort wise. You know, schematically, you know, it wasn't anything different. Um, I didn't really feel as if we were doing anything different. That's just my amateur eye looking at it. I just thought that people locked in more. And, uh, you know, I think that made a difference because we've talked about it on numerous episodes, whether it's on this show or on the Patreon. But we're talking about, um, you know, our opportunities to score in the fast break and points off turnover and how important that is for this team as they struggle to find their identity and their production shooting the ball. And yesterday was a good example in which, um, you know, 38 points off turnovers, um, you know, and what is this 36 points and in, in fast break? It looks like that's a season high. Um, and actually, yeah, I think that's one of the season highs in both of those categories. So it was just a really good, um, you know, effort by UAB defense. Yeah, I like I really like what Yaks has been progressing to as the season went on. Like we. We saw the film before he signed with UAB. We knew what type of athlete he was. We knew what type of competitor he was. A lot of times, um, you know, with guys that are still raw, though, they still have to have some kind of skill development depending on what level they own. So they're on. So he still was a pretty raw prospect coming out. And um, I think these games, these beginning games, just getting used to the crowd, getting used to the basketball atmosphere. Um, I can you can you can actually feel him getting comfortable out there. You can you can see it. I can see I can feel it coming through his tweets. All right, right. He seems like such a positive a positive personality. You know, just a positive soul, and seems like he sees the good and everything. And I'm glad he's on our team because we need that. <laughs> as as far as I as far as attitude and culture on this team, um, we just need somebody that's working hard, improving, getting better individually, and. Um, <clears throat> I really hope that attitude can filter down through the team. Um, I think it was welcome for Daniel Ortiz. You know, he was a guy that's able to find. He was able to find his shot, able to hit him, hit some shots, and you can tell that it was a load off of him just hearing him talk. Um, I feel like he's just excited to see the ball go down, like consistently, able to really um, help the team, and that's got to be hard for a guy, you know, coming from North Alabama, the guy there. And um, so just he was just missing. It was nothing more to it. And sometimes shooters shoot and sometimes shooters get in the slumps. But and he had a nice amount of steals against Montevello, too. Um, Christian Coleman, I think it helped. He was he seemed to got to be, to be struggling. I think he only scored eight and nine in, you know, in those two games. But those. Those plays that he scored on, that's important. I'm thinking, I think I don't, I can't remember if it versus Montevello or A&M when he scored back to back. He got a steal, and he was pumped up. And I'm not looking at the raw stats sheets, right? I'm looking at the emotion. I'm looking at people. I'm looking at some of that, some of that losing mentality that infiltrated through the locker room. I'm looking at some of that come off. You see the steam come off. Like finally, here we go. 
you know. So to see guys like see guys like Daniel Ortiz and see guys like Christian Coleman, like win, lose, or draw, we was gonna have we're gonna have to depend on those guys point blank. That's what they were signed for, and um, Christian Coleman for his utility and Daniel Daniel Ortiz for his sniper, his his shooting. So um, hopefully that that carries over. Um, but yeah, I know we started off on Yaks. But shout out to Yaks is just becoming an all utility man. He does it all. What you need points, rebounds, assists, blocks. That has to filter through the team. And um, I just hope that guys continue to build and continue to find an identity individually. And then that can coalesce into a team. The team can find an identity. I really don't know what's going on with the defense. We started off so positive, I feel like, in the beginning of the year on the defensive side. We were scrappy. Um, we would trap you. We would turn you over. We was quick. We were explosive. Um, I, I don't – I can't I can't tell you, you know, what happened to the defense. But hopefully the efforts from A&M and, and Montebello, hopefully that we get back to that, that team we were against Bradley, against Clemson. You know, we were a scrappy team, right? And um, I think we can still be that. Um, but maybe some of that losing. You, you guys ever play basketball and you miss a couple shots and you drop your shoulders and you just kind of like, ah, you know, you don't really want to play defense. Darian, John and I miss every shot. So, yeah, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's what happened to a lot of the team. And it just it, it affected uh, the spirit of those just getting after it. But hopefully we can learn from that instead of just dropping our shoulders let us missing some shots maybe just say hey we're going through a draw our defense would carry us over don't drop your shoulders don't hold your head keep going after it guys and hopefully these two games were get right games and we learn and we can be the team that we actually are you know going forward because we're going to see against a really good team coming up so yeah and i and you know going shout out hey you brought up uh, Daniel Ortiz. Shout out to Daniel Ortiz for getting 1,000 career points in the Montevallo game. So that's a huge uh, achievement for him and his career. But Darian's right. You know, I you like to see shots start falling. Um, you know, I was listening to the radio broadcast, and uh, I think was it was it Steve Mitchell or was it Mo on the radio broadcast? I think it was Mo on the radio broadcast for Montevallo. I could be wrong though, but he said that you know it's a lot easier to play motivated defense when shots start falling. You know when they when they're able to get in rhythm and those those shots those shots start falling, it's easy to be more motivated and play good team defense because. Like Darian just mentioned, you know, when you miss a couple shots and you're like, oh, man, here we go again. Your shoulders slump um, and you just get in that negative mindset. Um, but but hey, it's just going to be an effort thing here going forward for this UAB team. Um, but they're going to have to bring it this Friday against Drake. And, and guys, I, that that's probably <laughs> our end of analysis of these two games, because. I mean, it's Alabama A&M and Montevallo. You know, no disrespect to either program, but for UAB, you know, they won both games, which was good. You know, and I, I really don't have any more analysis unless you guys have anything that we, <laughs> that, that, that we missed. Okay, no. Okay. Well, looking forward to Drake. 
you look at Ken Palm, this is going to be a top 75 team heading into this game Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Um, hopefully, everybody can make it down to Bartow. I cannot because the game's at 2 o'clock. So, hope, hopefully, people aren't in my situation, but I just can't make it out on a Friday afternoon. But it will be on ESPN+, Plus, so I will be able to watch. I know Jimmy will be in the building with Big Jim with Hatton, with Hampton. All the kiddos, the whole All fam. the kiddos, yes, there you go. So he's going to bring the noise. <laughs> it's probably not going to uh, be the noise people want to hear, though. It's probably going to be baby crying and running up to the bathroom. <laughs> hey, what's up with the um, the mob? The What happened with the, the student section when uh, – what's that? Jimmy, Jimmy, because it happened right after I left because there was no student section, but I heard on Twitter that – who, well, who was, I texted I texted Ransom that group and I said y'all can come in now. John left, um, but <laughs> <And> they stormed <laughs> in. <laughs> so so well, here's the deal: Ransom? is that Ransom is like a um, from what I understand, I think it's like a religious group on campus um, that Trey Jemison was involved with um, previously, and so there was a connection there, and that's why they came out in prior years and were really you know giving love to Trey, but not just Trey, but to everybody. And uh, they arrived um, in the second half. And they stood up the entire one section there in the corner was full. Um, and they stood up from the moment that they arrived, cheered every single moment. I mean, were loud. It, it was really cool. But, you know, it was funny. First of all, shout out to them. You know, if, if we if we Shut had. Up, yeah. If, if we had ransom there every game um, or if we just had a student section, regardless of, you know, what group they're affiliated with, they're doing that every game. You can tell it made a big difference. Yaks, they loved Yaks. They were yelling. They were saying, we want Yaks so like late, like in the game. Um, and then Yaks went over there after and was celebrating with them, as did Daniel Ortiz. You could tell Yaks like really um, was vibing with them and vice versa. And uh, speaking earlier of Darren talking about just like Yaks coming out of his shell. Uh, so you saw a lot of that. So, you know, the players thought it was a big deal. Um, they were dancing. I, I was watching the you know, the bench like Yaks and like Coleman that were, you know, watching them dance like while, you know, like they're in the huddle, like having a good time. Like it was apparent they were there. Everybody enjoyed it. Um, and, and it would make a big difference if we had that type of engagement from students. It's funny. I saw a fan or two go over there and was just like commending them. Like, you know, thank you for being here. But isn't that kind of, you know, funny that it's like you're seeing like a like an extinct animal show up and people are like, Oh my God, people are standing up. People are clapping. Students are here. It shouldn't be that way. Right. You know, it, it shouldn't be that difficult. Um, and, and hopefully that improves, but it certainly, uh, the team didn't need it. Uh, but I know the team certainly appreciated it. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's been this way for a while with the students, man. I've, I've aired my grievances before about the students. I just remember how it was when, I was at UAB and just going to the basketball games. I just remember the frenzy, you know, it, was, it used to be, we used to have the camp out camp out for the, those Memphis game tickets. You know, it was, it was just uh, a lot more spirit, a lot more pandemonium. I feel like in the basketball and football games, our student section need to step it up. Like that's just, that's just how I feel. We need that spirit back. We need, and it's, it's going to start with the students. Right. You can't put it on people like Darian Smith. Like I'm I'm a 34 year old man with four kids. Like I'm working my ass off half the time. I can't make I go when I can. Like I go when I can. No way I can make it on Friday at two o'clock. 
there's no way I got to go make some money. I got bills, right? But if I'm, I'm a student, I'm on campus. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing else, man. Like, who cares if you fail your test once or twice? Like, <laughs> like, whatever. You can study later. You ain't doing nothing but getting drunk later on, bro. Just go to the game and have fun. Have fun and cheer the team on. We need that spirit. Speaking of financially supporting Darian Smith, if you are not a Patreon supporter of the Blazer Victory Podcast, check out the Blazer hey, Victory Podcast Patreon. Anyway. We just we just had a good uh, football portal and recruiting discussion last week, didn't we, John? If you want to check that uh, out, yeah, we might need to scrap a little thing that we talked about. <laughs> but hey, that's that's the name of the game. That's that's what you get into recruiting for. You know, that's you right. don't have flips and everything. But so uh, hey, signing day for football, early signing day is Wednesday. So expect something out later uh, again for the Patreon. Um, so patreon.com slash blazer pod. Only $5 a month gets you access to all exclusive content on the Patreon. So help support us at Blazer Victory um, and help spread the word. But guys, um, you know, I know we're at 20 minutes and this is going to be a short episode. But I, I did fail to mention earlier that I had written down um, James White is a uh, Taking a leave of absence from the team, you know that that's the Ole Miss transfer. Um, I, I, was it personal reason or undisclosed? I, I can't remember the quote uh, from AK, um, but basically he's not on the team right now. Um, you look at Vasquez did not play against Montevallo. Now that was due to um, just 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 caution, so he should be back for the Drake game uh, Friday. But guys, Friday two o'clock Drake ESPN Plus. How are we feeling heading into UAB's game against Drake? I mean, this is a 10 and 1, probably going to be an 11 1 team because they play tomorrow night against uh, somebody I forgot, but they'll, they'll probably win that game. Alcorn. Oh, Alcorn. Okay. Well, hey, maybe Alcorn will come a game. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see how bad they beat them. <laughs> hey, how, how am I feeling? I'm feeling nervous. But before we talk about why I'm feeling nervous, let's talk about why my wife Natalie is excited about Drake. Because do y'all know who is the assistant coach, director of player development for the Drake? Drake. Drake. Yeah. Y'all know <laughs> who? who? Nick Norton. Oh, man. Nick Norton will be back in the building, Bartow Arena. Can we get a green and gold jersey for him and he can kind of sneak in? Right, and... <laughs> well, we, we love we love some of his three-point shooting. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Um. No, that's one of the top reasons why Natalie was like circling that in the calendar. She hasn't been able to come to a game. Uh, and she was like, this one and Memphis I'm going to for two very different reasons. But um, Drake is pretty good. I mean, there's no getting around it. You mentioned earlier, John, 75, top 75 in Ken Palm uh, throughout this year. I'm looking at their schedule here. Here's what stands out to me is, uh, you know, they played a lot of uh, teams that are ranked outside the top 100 um, in terms of Ken Palm. But in games in which they played opponents that are, you know, ranked, however you want to phrase it, you know, one, you know, 99 or 47, that being an Akron or a Nevada, they've won decidedly. Uh, I'm looking here, Akron, uh, I believe, was 99 in Ken Palm, and they won that game by 20 points. Uh, they also played Nevada, who's a top 50 Ken Palm team on a neutral court, and they won that game by 19 points. So... They're beating teams they should, and when they play opponents that are good, they're taking care of business. So, um, you know, that, that's a very, you know, positive thing to look at for them. Uh, the way that UAB has played 
thus far this season, this is going to be an extremely difficult game. Uh, you talk about the atmosphere. Uh, I don't anticipate Ransom being there to to get everybody, you know, uplifted on a Friday afternoon. Hell of a schedule um, or hell of a scheduling opportunity for Drake to come into Bartow. And can you guys imagine what this would have felt like, um, you know, if it were, uh, you know, students on campus, maybe like a Thursday night game, like TV, like it would have been like a completely different atmosphere. Um, but they're coming in here in a game where they'll likely be favored. Uh, and UAB is likely going to have to play um, as good as a, I guess going back to the the multi-tournament event we played in, we we're playing Clemson, we we're playing Maryland. Like UAB is going to have to find that kind of defensive effort um, and that kind of um, just overall effort by the team to keep this ball game close. Um, so I haven't done a lot of research on Drake. I have not watched Drake play. Drake is a successful program. You always expect them to be competitive. And it looks like this season, based on the fact they're likely going to be 11-1, and one, that this is going to be one heck of a challenge, but one hell of an opportunity for this UAB team to really make somewhat of a resume, you know, building win, uh, but gain some much needed confidence heading into conference play. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking at it and I see wins against like some some names I know in the basketball world, like like St. Louis. Now I actually don't know how good St. Louis is this year, but that's a name I know in the basketball world. And you mentioned Nevada. But <clears throat> I'm looking at they got smashed by Stephen F. Austin. I can I I wonder what's the context behind that because all of a yeah. sudden to go there, Stephen F. Austin is not a I mean, it's not one of them. They got smashed ninety two to sixty eight. Like hey, bro. Look at that look and at that know, bo- just looking at that box score of that game, Stephen F. Austin was fourteen of twenty three from three. So that's <laughs> everybody was just getting lit up, you know, and it, it's we like can do that. Like, we can hit fourteen threes. If you yeah, give us maybe, three games. <laughs> but but then I look back and I'm seeing an opponent in like Grambling State and Grambling State is horrible. Like Alcorn would wipe the floor with them. And I see that they beat them by twelve. Right? Like and that's not impressive to me you know um so am i what what kind of team am i looking at here i don't know i haven't watched them play it's it's a lot of basketball games so i haven't i haven't watched them play but they've only lost one game but the one game they lost was like oh okay and i'm starting to it it, it make you kind of look at the resume and say all right like how good because we know mcneese mcneese is good mcneese state you know we know the teams that we played um, are good. My page is going off. Sorry, guys. Oh, you're but, good. Oh. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. it's just an opportunity, oh, Darren. You know, it's you know, obviously, you know, Drake is going to come in as the favorite in this game, but it's just a really good opportunity for this UAB team. And really, I mean, UAB hasn't faced a really good basketball team since McNeese. So this is, you know, a really good opportunity to. I mean, I know we've lost games, you know, Southern Miss, Arkansas State, of course. Got by Southern Miss, like, yeah. Uh, was that you got smashed by somebody else too? Arkansas State, yeah. But you look at Bradley, who we who we played early, right, the first game, and they're ranked 126 currently in Ken Palm. Um, speaking of Bradley, I feel like they've kind of really, uh, they've dropped four straight contests. I don't know what the heck happened with those guys. Uh, Because they were looking good there early on. Um, But, 
Yeah, I think for all three of us, what we're going to have to do between now and, and game time is is to watch a little bit more of Drake. I think most of what we would agree upon is that we respect the program. They were in the assembly tournament last year. They've got a heck of a good um, you know, coaching staff, including a former Blazer great. Uh, and they have a go-to player in Tucker DeVries. Tucker DeVries? DeVries? I don't know how you say it, but I recognize the name just from watching, uh, you know, uh, games in March, end of last season. And, uh, you know, that guy's six seven two ten. Uh, he can do, you know, he can do a lot. And he, he's going to be their go-to player and their most impactful player, number 12. Uh, and he's certainly someone that you don't want uh, to get a heater going. Like, who is that guy in Montevallo, number 21, that looked like he was just should be playing in the NBA in the first half? He had like 17 points or something. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So you can't let a guy like number 12 for Drake get hot early. Um, and in my opinion, it's going to start just like any other game. We know what we do well. Uh, we know we get to the free throw line well. We've got to convert on those opportunities regardless of the opponent. Uh, we know we offensive rebound the ball well. We've got to do that, you know, regardless of the opponent. Uh, and something that we also need to do regardless of the opponent is show effort defensively, uh, as we talked about earlier in the episode, to help us get through some lags offensively um, to get those easy transition buckets. I believe every single one of Eric Gaines scored buckets against Montevallo were just off steals, you know, slam dunks, layups, um, which is great. And we're going to need all of that kind of effort from our guards on uh, Friday against Drake. All right. I think we're good. Um, hey, it's all about just improving until conference play. After New Year's, conference play starts in the AAC. So you've got two really good opportunities with Drake this Friday and then next Friday against UNC Asheville. Um, but I think that's, an a, that's a wrap for this episode. Um, guys, thank you for listening to the Blazer Victory Podcast. Um, again, uh, subscribe. We can't stick around for an hour and talk about football recruiting and transfer portal on signing day. <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash blazer pod <laughs> hey real quick yeah i saw somebody on one of those facebook groups saying asking recruiting asking for recruiting content and they're not going to pay for any site or podcast because that this information should be free and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way man because you know we proud ourselves and who said that i i don't even remember the person's name but i i was like are you freaking kidding me? Like we charge $5 and I know magic city impact just charges like $10. Like you can't pay that a month, but you want somebody to give you free information on a Facebook post when you, I mean, you could do the research yourself. It's going to take you a while, but you can do it. But just that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I, I, I really love the work that we do here with blazer victory podcast. And I know Steve and Tim do great job, you know, on magic city impact. So support us and support them because we all do great work in trying to fill that void that, you know, has, has been left for a long time with UAB. Bro, I, I like think about this stuff like way too much. Uh, you know, like you take a shower. I'm like, well, if we reshuffle here at right guard, we get Flournoy back and we have, um, if we can land another Duco, like I'm going through like <laughs> how many roster spots of, of O linemen or how many how many D linemen on the team, how we can rotate it and make it work. Who's most likely to enter the transfer portal if these guys I'm like sitting down randomly at work. I just came from out of a ceiling or something. I'm just like or like or I'm like in the ceiling like, yeah, if we do get Jaquan Mason at outside linebacker. <laughs> like because we went over so much stuff. We went over so much material. 
we know where a lot of these guys' social media is at. We kind of know who they're following. We kind of can try to pick up breadcrumbs. We're trying to get UAB Athletics fan back on Twitter so he can really <laughs> he can Amen. help us. Amen to that. <laughs> so it's like it's so many. I mean, like um, I get messages and we in group messages on, on Twitter with some UAB folks and stuff, and they trying to help figure it out and – it's just a lot that go into it. So if you think it's a game, it is not a game. We've kind of get, we've kind of got obsessive over it. Uh, I enjoy it, but I, it's definitely worth five dollars a freaking month. Come on, man. Come on now. Yeah, I got, I got empathy for the modern day fan because we, we are all fans and we're asked to spend money here, there, and everywhere to support our program. That's just the nature of it. So it's like the, the five dollar. We've been told by people that know what they're talking about. Right, guys. At five dollars, we should have been charging more than that. <laughs> yes, we have uh, been told from other from outside media, other than UAB, that we need to charge double or triple the price. And I and we, you know, we we talked about it, and we're going to keep it at five dollars for for at least a while, you know, because we 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 understand. You talk about booster donation. You talk about Blazer Victory Podcast Patreon. You talk about season tickets. You talk about Magic City Impact. That you know, all that starts to add up, and then road trips, going to away games. So we realize, you know, that fact. So we are going to keep it at five dollars for now. And also, too, I should have mentioned earlier. You know, if you want to prepay for a year membership of Blazer Victory Podcast, save ten percent. You know, take advantage of that. And if you're a current member, that's only that's doing the five dollars. In your settings on the Patreon app, you can change it to a yearly to still take advantage of that 10% discount. But, Darian, you want to send us out until next time? Yeah, y'all pay attention to Patreon. I'm really, really excited about some of these recruiting news. Some of these, I get excited during this time. Um, So, y'all check it out. We'll be on there soon. But, Blazer Nation, just blaze. Memphis sucks. <laughs>